0: This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today it was kind of like what is this like part of the service how to be famous uh no that was actually the video introducing the sermon so i like how it was a little awkward because they're like are they serious um nevertheless we do live in a culture <laughs> that can give you 10 steps on how to be famous and a lot of people think that's the point and purpose of life to be famous uh, but today's sermon is actually about the opposite it's about making god famous um, so we're going to jump in that in a second. Also, a lot of people have questions regarding what it is we're doing from a week-to-week or month-to-month basis. Well, we now have these information sheets designed and crafted by Greg Stevenson. He's not looking for accolades, but let's give him a hand anyway. Great <laughs> job, Greg. You're amazing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I never did it again. Um, nevertheless, these are helpful because a lot of times people are like, what are we doing? What's going on? Well, this sheet is actually what helps you, under- help you understand and identify uh, what's going on, and you may pick something out of there that you may actually want to attend. Uh, we're hoping to make a church that does church outside of Sunday, because church, churches that just survive based upon Sundays, we don't believe our churches. Uh, we're trying not to make an organization. We're trying to make a family, because that's what God made, and that's hard to make a family if you are realizing that. For those of you who have families, families are hard, it's messy, it's challenging, it makes you cry a lot, and you get sick, and the sickness goes around the family, and you can't escape it. And you can't eat the night when everybody else is getting sick. So it's just hard overall being in a family. Uh, but it's great. And how do you do that for Christ? It's hard. It's hard to become a family in Christ. In our culture now, that's so divided. God asks us to be one, and that's a challenge. With so many different uh, opinions about life and how people should live their lives and how we should worship, it's even harder. But our hope is here at this church that we do our best in making ourselves a family. And the only way we do that is by loving each other despite our faults, our failures, our disappointments. So thank you once again for coming to worship with us. I'm going to pray. We're going to jump into the scripture today. We don't have a lot of time because we've taken a lot of time uh, doing videos. (laughs) But we'll pray and jump into today's sermon. Father God, thank you for this last sermon of the year. Uh, we pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless us because you're faithful, uh, you're wise, you're awesome. I pray, Father God, even though we may have a desire to be famous, to get glory, Father God, we'll set that aside to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I would love to tell you I didn't have a desire in my life to be famous when I was younger. But I realized when I talked to my daughter that I think I did because she said early, when I, I think maybe about four years ago, she said, Daddy, I want to be famous. She was out front and bold with it. So I was like, okay. So she's trying at this point to be famous. She's done like um, modeling and she's on posters everywhere. And I'm like, oh, Asha, because I can't really say anything because I myself try to be famous. I remember one time when I was a model. It didn't go well. I told you the story before. I remember Daytona Beach, Florida, when I was modeling for what is that name of the company? Echo or something like that. What is the name of that company? Uh, Starts with the e Everywhere is echo. inichi thank you, sir. See, uh-oh, you you from the street? That's all you know that you telling yourself. Well, let's pray for Pastor Sean. Don't even listen. He didn't really say that. It's just me, okay. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I remember I was doing this modeling thing at Daytona Beach, and I was like, at that time, I was like, cut right. So I was out there. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna shine and I'm gonna get famous. And Clef John was a DJ. And the guy before me was doing flips and cartwheels. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be bad. So I came up after him. And you know me. I, this is all I got right here, y'all. I don't, I don't got nothing else in the toolbox. I just got a little two-stepper. If that's even two, I got a one-stepper, right? I can't do any flips or cartwheels. So I go out there. And John Wycliffe's going, do something, Anthony. I'm just like. <laughs> and he says, you were whack, and I'm like, oh, so I walk away with my head down thinking, oh my goodness, my modeling career is over, and it was, I remember um, people, somebody saw me in Daytona, and they said, hey, we want you to be in a movie, so I was in a movie, please don't ever try to find it as long as you live, it's something that you wouldn't show your children, just FYI, so don't, really don't look for it, I'm not going to give you the name of it, I'm just trying to say I was in a movie, And I did my little acting scene, and it was all of two minutes. And I thoroughly embarrassed myself for a lifetime in two minutes, okay? (laughs) So I'm just trying to say, I tried that. I'll never do it again. Now, I do have hopes and aspirations of making Christ famous now. And that's a, a bit of a different process. Because we make Christ famous when we are faithful to his will. We can't determine the context. He does. But when we get in challenges, when we have struggles, even when we have blessings untold, the challenge is being faithful to Christ despite the context we find ourselves in. We make God famous by being faithful to as well. Look in the scripture. Everybody who made God's name famous were those who were faithful. Now, God can get fame and glory because of our disobedience. Remember Egypt? Remember? God got more glory out of the destruction of Egypt than he did with Israel being faithful. The whole world knew about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because of what happened to Egypt, because of Pharaoh's stubbornness to let his people go. So God can get glory either way. either way. I'm trying to tell you this is a good way to get God glory, and that's through being faithful. Because through being faithful, we get rewarded because of our efforts in heaven. But today, we're going to talk about the last part of our sermon series, Fear and Awe. And when we're discussing fear and awe, remember, it's really about our response to God's majesty. Sometimes we can respond to God out of fear. The Bible says fear is the evidence of judgment. A lot of times I think we misinterpret our emotional state. The truth is, biblically, when you are afraid, you've not been perfected in love. And because you are afraid, God is saying you need to mature in love and your ability to trust him. But on the other side of that, there is a response of awe, of reverence. And this response indicates that you have some type of emotional attachment to God, that you trust Him, and that you are amazed by His presence, by who He is, in contrast to being fearful. We've been called to respond out of awe. And this month, we've been talking about different aspects of the announcement of Christ's coming and how people were in awe of God's greatness. Why? Because He kept His word. He gave a prophecy at the very beginning of the Bible in space-time history that had to play out despite Israel's unfaithfulness, despite of the Gentiles' attempts to destroy Israel. God gave a promise that the seed of a woman would come and stomp and destroy the serpent. And he did that in Jesus Christ. God kept his word. And because of that, the angels rejoiced. Because of that, these faithful people, Mary and Zechariah, And even today, we're going to talk about another individual. I'm not going to tell his name yet, but he responded in awe at the wonder of God, who's faithful in all he does. Now, the challenge is, it took thousands of years for this promise to come to fruition. How long can you wait for God to come through for you? Let's jump into today's. Got a quote. I love quotes. So I throw one up there every single Sunday, but this one is a conditional cause and effect. It says, if you have only a little ray of light, show out distinctly that you are for him. I like that quote. A lot of times we think that when we want to give God glory, it means us being successful. I remember when I uh, left the NFL and had to go back to school, I left college early. I didn't graduate but I did go to um, the NFL before I graduated. I hadn't finished my degree. And I remember uh, going back to school. And I had this theological thought based upon the times um, that, hey, buddy. I know, mama. I know, buddy. Can somebody take Titus to? Um, thank you, buddy. Oh, Miss Brianna will help you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> um, I had this thought that, you know what? I'm going to go to school and get all A's. And I I thought I did that in undergrad, and I said, okay, I'm going to go to grad school, and, and I'll get the best grades I, I can. And I, I went to grad school, and I got that, like, the outstanding student in graduate school. And I went to business school, and I said, okay, I'm going to get a master's degree in business. I'm going to get this award, and, and, and I did it. And I said, I'm, I'm giving God glory. Because of my success, all the attention is going to me. It was going to me. Look how awesome Anthony is! He, you know, this is what I'm just being, I'm just real. He went from the NFL and now he's in the academy and he's balling. He's getting A's and people are like, "Wow, you are awesome!" But, but God wasn't getting the glory. It was, it was my glory. Now I'm not saying God can't get glory through our success, but trust me, that's not the primary way God gets glory. God gets glory through our faithfulness. When we are successful and when we fail, God is trying to get glory through our lives. Because when God gets glory through our lives, then people look at God in us and not us. That's what we're hoping. That when people look at us, they see God. That's selfless love. The best thing about me is not me. It's Jesus. I am a bad man. I'm a bad, I'm like Batman. Yeah, Batman, Batman. Oh, that's an inside story there. But nevertheless, I'm not a good person. I make mistakes. I fight my thoughts. I'm greedy. I'm selfish. I like the Vikings. That's not a bad thing. I don't like the Packers. I talk bad about the Packers and the Bears, right? I want things my way. I want to control stuff. I want to look good in people's eyes. I'm envious. I have covetousness. Like, man, it's like I'm a sinner or something, right? Wait a minute. I am a sinner. So anything good in me, I'm telling you, it's God. Any good attribute I have, it's God. I often am amazed at the Christians who think that people are supposed to act like Jesus. No, particularly people who aren't saved. Like people don't act like Christ. Only he does. And when people act like Christ, that's because Christ is in them. There's no, Jesus said, the person said, you know, a good teacher. And Jesus stopped and said, oh, wait a minute. There's only one person that's good, and that's God. God is the only good thing around here. God. And because he is good and he's in us, we ourselves can be good as well. When my beautiful wife who just came in, um, I'm not calling you out, babe. I'm just trying to say, hey, how you doing? When my beautiful wife and I get in disagreements, I, I should not be amazed because we are still faulty. And there's good that happens in our relationships. As Billy Graham said, a good marriage is basically two good forgivers. Like, you're going to make mistakes in marriage. You're going to make mistakes in life. We all fall. And as soon as we get the attitude, you know what? I'm better than that person. Oh, you won't say that. He's like, look at their issues. Look at their faults. They're, they have so many problems. Oh, help them. Like, that's us. Like, we are that person. Depending upon the day of the week or day of the month, you're doing good right now, but give yourself another week. See how you're doing then. I'm not trying to excuse people's bad behavior. No, we're being conformed to the God's, into God's image, so we're, we're becoming more like Christ. But the more we get closer to Jesus, the more we see our own faults. And we can't be critical. We learn to be humble because we all fall short. Got a couple, I got one, two lines, and then a couple of points that were gone for the day. The man in this story is a man named Simeon. He's actually very famous, but the scriptures don't tell much about him. I actually cut out his name because that's the point the scripture's trying to make about this man of God. If you go back up two verses, it says this man was filled with the Holy Spirit. This, the, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit talked to him. And the Holy Spirit led this man, Simeon. And he was in the temple every day waiting for the Messiah because this man had a word from God that before he died, he would see the Messiah. This is a man of God in every sense of the word. You go throughout all the Scripture, you never see somebody in the Bible who had the Holy Spirit, who wasn't doing great things for God. But despite how awesome this man, Simeon, is... We don't hear a lot about him. As a matter of fact, about 15, 16 lines in the Bible, and that's it. He says about maybe seven, eight, nine things, and he's done. Some scholars say this man, Simeon, was the son of Hillel and the father of Gamaliel. And these are what we would call Jewish scholars. Gamaliel was the guy who enacts. He said, hey, let's not... Try to stop the disciples because if it's from God, nothing we do can stop what they're trying to accomplish. There was this guy who was acting in wisdom, who we perceive as somebody being anointed with God's Spirit. He had wisdom. We think this guy here was his dad. Hillel was one of the most famous and powerful rabbinical commentators ever. He actually has an entire school of thought that follows his philosophy on the scriptures and on God. And this guy, Simeon, was a guy who was devoted to God. And we have no idea what he did in his life. We don't know anything. Did he do miracles? We don't know. Did he do great things? We don't know. But the only thing we have in the text is this right here. It says, now the Lord... Now, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, this right here is what we know about him. There's a couple of other scriptures, but it's not even, it's almost redundant in a sense. It's reiterating this point right here. He's like, Lord, you're letting your servant depart in peace. I have shalom. Why? Because according to your word, the instrument of your word has come true. And now what? Explanation indicated with four. My eyes have seen your salvation. He is in the temple. And Mary and Joseph are coming to the temple with Jesus to have him dedicated. The temple is packed. And this guy basically takes Jesus and proclaims this in front of everyone. This wasn't done in the corner. These words were heard by all those people around. And he didn't write this. Somebody else wrote it. A man named Luke who got these words from somebody else. These words were made public because he died. He died soon afterwards. But what he said was on the scale that everybody heard and remembered his words. And this is how he was remembered. (laughs) You're like, God, why didn't you use this mighty man to take down nations? Why didn't you use him to do all these great miracles? Why wasn't that recorded? Because that wasn't the point. The point was this. In this one moment, he was asked to be faithful. And his whole life coalesced on this very point. He was obedient now. So many times we think, hey, you know what? God has called us to do this, to take over nations, take over kingdoms. Yes, yes, yes. But God called us to be obedient. And that obedience may be one specific instance that's more important than all the rest. Here was his moment. Go take the baby, prophesy. Good job. Now, exit, stage left, game over. (laughs) That's his life. One moment of obedience is all he's remembered for. And that's enough. That's enough. Got a couple points and we're done. You see, Jesus coming to illuminates God's chosen people as distinct and unique from the rest of humanity. This is a guy who was powerful, who was intelligent, had great heritage, and he was asked to do one thing. He was faithful to God. He always went to the temple. He was there all the time waiting, seeking. And eventually, he held the Messiah, and people heard and saw it. This guy was different than everybody else. And because of his uniqueness, God got the glory out of his life. Is God getting glory out of your life? Are you unique? Are you faithful? You see, Jesus coming is about your life too. And I mean that in the practical sense. That our day-to-day actions should be affected, should be in- influenced by Jesus' coming. This guy had a promise that he would see Jesus come before he died. And that, as a result, influenced his life. His daily interactions were directed by God's word. This anointed man of God didn't go out and start ministry, didn't start churches. He just obeyed. He just sought after the Messiah, and his diligence and faithfulness was rewarded. Jesus is coming, which he's coming soon. Does anybody know that? He's coming soon. All the signs are there. But are we waiting for his coming? Are we allowing his coming to affect and influence how we act day after day? Trust that Jesus' coming brought attention to your life. So, I prepared these sermons two years in advance. I'm being honest. This sermon was written two years ago. And today, I want you to know that trust that Jesus is coming is bringing attention to your life. There are people who are watching your life right now, whether you're on the mountain or in the valley. Jesus is coming. Has brought attention to your life. People are looking at you right now and say, you know what? They're saying they're a Christian. Is there anything different about them? Are they unique? Oh, this Christianity is not real. They act just like everybody else. But we trust that Jesus came and he's coming soon, because of that, it should radically change our behavior, our actions our choices. Why do we need to do this? So that we'll know how to respond to the attention given to your life. I would love to say I'm famous. I'm not. But God is famous. I'm a nerd. I'm not that gifted or talented. Even though I want sometimes attention, I don't even know why, I try to give it all to God. I'm a, I'm a Facebook poster guy. I post stuff on Facebook and a lot of people don't like my stuff because <laughs> if people don't like the tr- the tr- they want to feel good I just want you to know the truth the truth is God is good he's lovely he loves you and he wants what's eternally best for your life will you give him the glory he deserves will you obey him and in obeying him people will watch and say whoa what's, what's different about you why, why did you do that? Why did you stay faithful to God when all these things happened to you? Why did you give up? Hey, I'd have said, forget that. I'm going to do what I want to do. The Bible says, in the scripture to that attitude, to that cavalier attitude about God's will, it says, hey, let's eat, drink, because tomorrow we die. And God hates that attitude. God is good. We live in a universe that is opposed to that one seminal fact that God loves you. He's trying to tell you that every day. Your body is at war with that truth. Your mind is at war with that truth. Your relationships are at war with that truth. The stars sometimes are at war with that truth, but the truth is a truth nonetheless. God is ultimately good. Goodness itself comes from Him. We can't walk in the middle of the fence. We have to pick a side. Is He good or is He not? And once we pick, we stand committed to that truth. And when we stand committed, He gets glory. It's simple, but it's hard. It's not complex, but it takes all you have. Because when we're quick to give up, we're quick to walk away when things get tough. Do you know what? We're just like the world. I remember being at Bethune-Cookman College playing football. I was in a dark time there, and I wanted to give up. At this time, I was growing in my faith. I just didn't like the people there, didn't like the sun, didn't like the barbecue shacks anymore, didn't like it, didn't like the beach anymore. I said, I don't like the beach. I just want to go home. But I know I had this value somewhere that started rising up in me that you're not a quitter. Christ wasn't a quitter. That's his characteristic. He suffered. He endured until the end. And when he was on the cross, that was his victory. He took it all the disappointment, the betrayal, the heartache, the pain, and he said, God was faithful for this moment. God is faithful. And you can be faithful too. The attention you get is for the salvation others are seeking. And that's the point. People want to know if God is real. Sometimes the only way they'll know is you you stay faithful to God. That's it. We have so much information about God on the internet. I mean, right? You can find everything about God and other gods. You can find any perspective on God that exists. You can find it all. There's a deluge of information out there. Churches, Minnesota has more churches than anywhere else on the planet besides Israel, I heard. If we're going there in a couple weeks, nevertheless that's a side joke again we can can know information about God like never before in the history of the planet but the issue is do you know him personally and if you know him personally then you have to ask yourself this question is he worth all that you have because you can only answer that question once you know him personally let's pray Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. And because you've been faithful, you showed us an example to be faithful to, to you. And I pray, Father God, regardless of where we are in the midst of the trials, I pray, Father God, remain faithful, Lord God. We won't miss this opportunity, Lord God, to stand, Lord God, despite, Lord God, the outcome of today, of tomorrow, Lord God. you called us to be faithful. Strengthen us with your strength. Help us to be okay to trust you. Help us to be okay with the fact that we're completely vulnerable to you because that's what you want. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming to worship with us this morning. We appreciate your presence. We pray that you found somehow God here in the midst of this service. I pray that if you have not found God, then I'll be up here and we'll talk. Maybe God has something He's trying to do in your heart right now. Maybe we can help reinforce that. Tomorrow is 2018. It's a new year. And time just keeps on ticking. Doesn't seem like it's gonna stop. But it will. The Bible says one day the angel's foot will touch the earth. And time at that moment will stop. It will enter eternity. Our hope is that you're just prepared for that moment. Before you leave, hug two or three people, give handshakes to five, and give one person a giant, big blow kiss. Good job, you made it
1: 2017. Your name. This
0: has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.